0: Welcome back to my podcast, Beyond the Water Cooler. Here we are for the fifth series. As usual, we'll be covering all things that shape employee experience, engagement, performance, and mental wellbeing. That's a biggie at a time with budget cuts and the workforce feeling the pinch, including increasing pressure at work. I'm your host, Lisa, a psychologist and psychotherapist in my business, It's Time for Change. Now I'm kicking off this new season with something a bit different. I'm Trading Places and I'm bringing to you a podcast where I was the guest so that you can hear more of my views and expertise on different subjects. These conversations are all about dealing with challenges and questions that consume headspace. Whether that's knowing how best to support people, reduce overwhelm or develop better ways of working, I'm here to help you work out how to do things differently, ultimately increasing employee happiness and outcomes. My mantra is simple, get people right, get business right. So, let's dive in. Get
1: Radio's Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. Sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do
2: best.
3: Good morning, this is Get Radio, and welcome to the Business Brunch with Better Mike. My name is Ben Thompson, owner of
1: Thompson Terry Recruitment and indeed the Oxford Business Community Network. That's a good morning from him, and also a good morning from me, Mike Foster, the entrepreneur's mentor. Now I can't believe it's Sunday again, what a busy week it's been and uh, I've had so many plates spinning and many things coming in from left field impacting on my days, distracting me, annoying me, frustrating me, breaking away from what I want to focus on. But I guess that's very relevant to the theme of today's roundtable conversation. As you know, as the listeners, our Business Brunch is Oxfordshire's business radio show, and we introduce you to local trusted experts whilst also discussing topical issues that you, the listeners, tell us is impacting on local businesses. And for today's show, we look forward to welcoming two guests. That's Lisa Lloyd of It's Time for Change and Dave Greenaway of Life in Business. Now, Ben, in my usual manner, our question for you is, do business owners have to be resilient?
3: Oh, you like the big questions, don't you, Mike? Um, and that is a very good question. And I think the only way to answer that would be to put it forward to our two experts. We're going to be discussing their expertise in this area. We're going to be talking about some general business. And I'm sure we're going to have lots of practical top tips for you, the listeners, and um, that you can impact in your own lives and indeed your businesses. So let's start with Lisa. Um, Lisa, thanks for joining us. Um,
0: please tell the listeners um, a little bit about you and indeed your business. Thank you for having me. Um, So I help organisations become places where people are happy, uh, want to work, where employees are able to um, thrive and perform at their best. And as a psychologist and psychotherapist, um, I go about that a slightly different way um, in terms of really unpicking what's going on for people and organisations to avoid the quick fixes that come along and the tick boxes. So um, it's kind of getting beneath the surface. My mantra is really simple. We get people right, and um, then we get business right. So I might work with leadership, culture, uh, mental well-being, uh, helping people uh, create this um, psychological safety in their workplace. So kind of creating you know, that feeling when you go to work and you love who you're working with, you get your place, you're valued, um, you know you're contributing to something significant and why you're doing stuff, it's kind of helping that become real in organizations. Absolutely.
3: And look forward to hearing more about that. But before we do, um, let's go to David Greenaway. Um, David,
2: tell the listeners all about you and indeed your business. Hi, Ben. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm David Greenaway from um, Life in Business, and we're an organisation that um, do a lot of one-to-one coaching and workshops. Um, We have some online courses, which I'm in the process of filming and shooting ready for launching this year. This is so exciting. But what we do is... We do the, the very practical, pragmatic part of business coaching, but through all my years of being in this sector, I really noticed I spent more time talking about the person um, mm. on their limiting beliefs, on their fears and all their, you know, the their challenges that we all suffer from most of the time. So my coaching, the work there has actually really morphed quite a lot. So I spent a lot of time with people just helping them overcome themselves to awaken to themselves and have a better experience of business i um i've not one, i've not been one for following the grain of business i'm not a big fan of have people will shudder but of goals of hustle of lots of lists so i have a very different approach to business um and i just like sharing that other view i think not saying i'm right and everyone else is wrong it's just another way um so that's what we do in life in business we just kind of just wake people up and show them another way amazing
3: No, thanks so much for the intro. Um, I'm now going to ask one of the two most difficult questions this morning uh, based on past shows. And that question is for Lisa. So Lisa, you picked a song for our listeners. What is your song choice and why have you picked it?
0: Okay, so I've uh, chosen the fight song. And the reason I've um, chosen that is because I like when you listen to the lyrics, there's a sense of um, being able to take control of your mindset so you know that you can um, create change for yourself. And I like the fact that um, Rachel talks about um, a boat, a small boat or lighting a um, a small fire with a match and actually big things happen. It's that sense of the the ripple effect. So you only have to change one small thing and then big things can happen off the back of that. So when you're determined to succeed, just start with something really small and then just um, watch what materialises. This
1: is the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. Um, Before that song, chosen by Lisa, and I hope, like me, you listened intensely to the lyrics that were introduced by Lisa to understand why she chose it. Uh, And as I said earlier, you'll know that our show aims to share the knowledge, experience, and the expertise of our guests whilst we're discussing topical issues that impact local businesses. And today we're going to be talking about resilience for business owners with both Lisa Lloyd and Dave Greenaway. So just to kick off then our discussion, Lisa, can I come to you first with that question that I asked Ben do business owners have to be resilient? And I guess, tag on to that. What is resilience?
0: It's a good question. Um, I think business owners need to be resilient because, um, with the pace of change and, and quite, uh, what's going on in the world, um, at all times, people can expect change to happen. That's the one thing we're certain about. Um, people have to be able to bounce back and, When we talk about, there's a lot of talk about bouncing back, particularly since the pandemic, and I will often challenge people in terms of what their understanding is around bouncing back. So is it about expecting to go back to where we were, or is it about the fact that when something tricky happens, uh, there's a challenge, we can work out how to navigate it, and perhaps we dip a little bit in our sense of well-being or in a sense of performance, but we learn from it, and then we might bounce onto a new track. So it's about where we go next, so rather than expecting to go back, actually learning every time something happens, every time you come across something that feels a little bit challenging, thinking what was difficult about it? What did I do well that really um, helped me get through? What were the stumbling blocks? And learning, and if you learn each time, then you're never gonna get back to where you were. You're always going to jump onto a slightly different path. Um, You might be slightly on the same path, but further ahead. So it's just each, each time there's a challenge Clarifying where it is you're trying to get to, understanding that that will probably change, um, and how you're getting there. That journey might look—you might be on a different path or the different bag, different people in your car. You know, it's that sense of there's constant change as, as you um, go along. That, but you need to be resilient in terms of being able to cope with those challenges. However, not too resilient because I know some people will have an illusion that if they are in a leadership role. Uh, that they need to be seen to be completely together, completely um, on it. They know exactly what's happening. They've got it all mapped out. They know how to respond. And I don't think that's very realistic. And I think that sets um, quite a, um, a dangerous expectation for everyone else around them also to be seen to hold it all together all the time and to have a sense of certainty. So it's accepting there are challenges, knowing how to navigate them, but at the same time being able to say this is tricky i might not know where i'm going at the moment or i might not know how to take the next step forward this is what i'm doing about it and just being quite open about that so rather than trying to be um too in control
3: mm, no what what a great way to um to start the round table and um, dave one of the things you said you said in your introduction, that I really, really loved what was around the the goal piece, because I think society teaches us that we should be pushing, we should be driving revenues, we should be getting better, we should be doing all of those things. And it, I think there's a quite a big piece around kind of unhappiness and mental health and pressure at the moment. Do, do you think that that kind of society piece in terms of pushing towards goals could could be a cause for that?
2: Yeah, I do. I, um, I have to say, but I think there's a place for it. Now, When I, when I say I hate goals, I say it with a tongue-in-cheek mentality because I know we kind of have to have some element of a direction to point out when I mm. I prefer to view it as sort of setting a compass, setting off in a direction that might feel exciting and a bit, a bit exhilarating to me, new, out of my comfort zone, but I'm not so tied to the end result I'm more interested in than here and now. So... I think where it might get a problem for b- b- habitual goal setters is when their happiness is tied to the future, where there always looks better than here, you know. And I think that can be a real problem for people for their mental health, for their well-being, because if, if a part of life is to experience some sort of happiness and contentment and joy as we go on this ride of in the business context, if there was always better than here, then you're never going to experience that and in my experience when I've watched other people do it is they reach that goal and typically they kind of get there with not much celebration. They have this idea that they just should have got there. They kind of expected it. So they get there and go, what do I do now? Well, set more goals then. And then they keep raising the bar. And so that that's where my situation, not a problem, I think mean, that's too strong, but I, I don't like using them. And I'm always very careful with it because I never think I'm right and everyone else is wrong. It's just another way. It's just the way I go about things. And I've found that there's a group of people who are similar to me who would like to know, hey, I hate goals, Dave, what's the alternative? Well, we can do this instead. So I think that it has a big part to play with mental health. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Can I add to that as well? I think also when um, people are experiencing something that's quite challenging, it's very tempting for people to jump in and say, right, how are we going to fix this? And how are we going to help you move forward? without acknowledging that sometimes we just need to have a bit of space to go it feels really tough like where I am just um, I just I want to feel a bit miserable for um, a time because actually that's just a normal emotional reaction to what's going on and I think having a sense of self-compassion is really important rather than putting pressure on ourselves with goals to fast forward and to um, make things better and make things Um, you know for the constant striving for things to be better than they are right now I think it just puts so much pressure on ourselves and it doesn't create or doesn't allow the space for us just to sit with what we're experiencing as a normal response Mm. acknowledging that there will be a sense of moving you know you need to move forward but we don't have to do it at such a fast pace that we're not really coming to terms and accepting and acknowledging normal responses to whatever's going on in the world
1: and i see it myself you know i totally resonate and listeners some of the listeners will know that i love my goals i'm a massive goal planner i've got an effective goal planning sequence but i've even have to soften my language over the last probably six months because i think goals and business growth are starting to be dirty words for people whereby it's just putting too much pressure after the pandemic on people so mm-hmm. you know i can certainly resonate with what you guys are talking about at least i want to touch on one of the things you talked about about bouncing back because, you know, obviously if, if we want change in the business, and I love what you said about learning, because every outcome, I believe, brings us a learn that we have to, to to take forward. But this bouncing back bit, and it's probably linked into your psychology, is that where are they bouncing back to? Are they bouncing back to their comfort zone where they saw themselves in the in the pre-moment? Or you know, where, where are
0: they bouncing back to? Probably depends on the kind of person you are. Um so there'll be people who will bounce back to what's safe and familiar and comfortable. Um, and that, for some people, is about um, not taking any risks. It's about just doing what I know will work, um, and that's that's definitely in their comfort zone. Some people will bounce back in terms of bouncing back in terms of themselves. So I'm getting I'm getting back my sense of energy, my sense of um, focus, my sense of um, you know where I want to go. And that might be a slightly different course, that might be heading towards a different goal, but I've got myself back. And I think so for different people, it means different things. I think bounce, the term bounce back has been used such a lot yeah. um, since the pandemic. And I, which is why one of my things is always, as a psychologist, is always unpicking what people mean by terminology. When someone says bounce back or, you know, uses a phrase actually what do you mean by that and making sure that there's clarity around is it you want to get back to how you know your zest for life and your ability to feel like you're thriving um or you know rather than just sort of surviving and feeling overwhelmed or do you want to get back to how you used to do something or used to live or actually do you want to leave that behind because you realize it doesn't suit you anymore it doesn't serve you anymore you want to do something different so I think it very much depends on the individual their mindset what their experiences what they essentially what they want to to get out of life
2: um, you know, sometimes I sorry I see that as well as there's a for me I've experienced sort of bouncing forward as a way that something can happen and actually yeah the back sort of is a connotation that we're going backwards somehow but you can actually bounce forward something difficult challenging can happen and you can actually take you on a whole new uh, path but you don't know that that's the right path until you've got the, the gift of hindsight. Um, so yeah, I often think about it in that, that similar way, that it, it depends on the individual, doesn't it?
0: Um, and also <laughs> I think on their organization are part of, Yeah. and that's become something that's, you know, as people, this all hinges around self-awareness. And so you might become aware as an individual that you want to get back to where the kind of person you were. And actually I've just been really ground down in my job or I really don't, my values aren't aligned with this organization anymore. So I'm not sure this is the right place for me to be. So it's that constant sort of self-checking and working out, is, does this feel right for me? And, is, and it's not necessarily just an individual place. It might be it's, it's how I feel, but I operate within a context within a wider system, which is you know my family, but the workplace is, a, is an obvious place that a lot of people, are um, questioning
3: in terms of their resilience. No, re- Really interesting point. Um, I didn't need much tempting when you use the word workplace to talk about the world of recruitment. Um, one of the things I find quite interesting is that, um, through my recruitment business, um, the percentage of employers who use the trait resilience um, under almost every job description is, is huge. Um, what what would be your invi- advice to employers in terms of recruiting for resilience?
2: And, and that, that could be a question for both of you. Well, you know, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's a trait that we can't really identify in an interview process, particularly. It's not, you know, you can't really identify as a tangible thing that we have or a skill necessarily to have. I I believe that resilience is baked into our system. We're hardwired with it. We have been for all of human history. It's just now we it's just now and again, we have to use it in different quantities and and draw upon that innate resource of resilience in different ways. think it's resilient that most people get up every day and go off and do their work and feed their families. That seems pretty darn resilient to me as much as people experience extreme resilient factors like, you know, the earthquakes and awful things that go on in the globe. So as far as recruitment goes, it kind of, I don't know, it may sound dark, it almost seems to be a bit of a nonsensical question. It's like, well, you can't really ask someone if they've got something that they definitely have got, but to what degree? That seems very strange to me to ask someone about that.
0: I don't know, what do you think, Lise? Well, for me, it comes back to um, that level of self-awareness and actually just asking people, finding out for people how much they prioritise things, basically things like self-care. So Mm. knowing that people are more resilient if they look after themselves and knowing what that looks like, that'll be different for um, each individual. But if they prioritise, if they know what their early warning signs are that they're beginning to struggle and knowing that they then have a plan of what to do around that then you know that this individual you're looking to recruit is going to be taking responsibility for themselves and will notice when things aren't okay. And then hopefully, depending on the organisation, we'll be able to speak up and say, actually, I'm just feeling a bit overwhelmed with this right now, a bit stressed with that right now, a bit anxious about this um, or this has happened and I don't feel great about it. Having the ability to be able to communicate that and then know what I can do about it. that's not saying i'm putting all the onus on the individual to sort out everything because it's obviously got to be part of a a bigger picture but if an if an individual is self-aware and has some strategies in place then that would be helpful rather than just someone saying well i'll just keep going and i'll just keep pushing through and that would that would ring alarm bells for me
1: this is an interesting point i guess in uh, interview questions we're asking people to give us examples and situations and quite often people can't see it themselves you know my own clients it I sit there with awe sometimes about how resilient they've been and they don't think they've been resilient. They just think they're just getting through the day and all that sort of thing. Dave, I wanted to talk about something you mentioned in your intro about how you work with the person and about their limiting beliefs. Cause you know, I, I'm big on limiting beliefs. So mm-hmm. how does limiting beliefs impact their ability to deal with resilience or be resilient?
2: I, I think it's, it impacts it greatly. Um, you know, because that there is there's absolute truth in we are what we think, you know, and if someone, if we just take that in its most simplest model, if somebody thinks that they're not resilient, then they're not going to have the thoughts and feelings around being particularly resilient. So I, I think for the way that I coach through limiting beliefs, it's helping people just unlock that and and showing them that they don't necessarily need to believe everything that they think. And as I sort of mentioned a little earlier, is that this resilience in this context is baked in. It is. We all have it. It is there for us all. We just need to know when to draw on it or not. And I think, as you're quite right saying, Mike, there's resilience all day, every day, and we tend to see it in others, not in ourselves. And I think that's very true. But the limiting beliefs part is huge, as you well know. I mean, it, it, it catches us all out, no matter whether we're the people like us talking about it all day, every day, still suffer from it, still have Mike... My coaches work with me on it all of the time, and, and they rear their head out of nowhere sometimes. But I think it's important that people can, to Lisa's point, have that awareness to know that when things are beginning to get them stuck, and if it is a difficult thought that's getting them stuck, because there's some very common ones as we're all aware of, I'm not good enough, or I don't deserve wealth, and all the usual stuff that we can struggle with that they have the awareness to then look for the help, to ask for the help from you, Mike, from Lisa, from whoever. And, and knowing, I think that's actually, in, in a way, that is the resilience piece, exactly what Lisa's been saying, is being able to open up uh, and say, hey, do you know what? I don't know how to get beyond this. I need some help. No, re- great advice there, Dave. Um, I'm going to stay with you um because,
3: as with Lisa, you've not got off. Um, you need to pick a song for our listeners as well. So
2: what is your song choice and why have you picked it? <laughs> well, I'm picking... Katy Perry, um, The Firework, I'm a Firework, only purely because I asked my daughter, I've got to pick a song, and that's what she said I should pick. Welcome back to The Business Branch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. And... Um-
3: before that song, um chosen by Dave, we were speaking with Lisa and Dave about their vast experience around the umbrella re- of resilience, which certainly um as business leaders Im- impact us impacts us all. Um, so um so Lisa, I'm just gonna come across to you. Um, I understand that you wanted to build on on Dave's point, but I did want to add a secondary, a secondary thing to you, if that's okay. Um, which is just around um what what should we do as business leaders if we if we're struggling? What 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 would be your advice?
0: firstly is actually just to tell someone you're struggling and the number of business leaders I work with who don't feel they are part of a support network whether that's with their own leadership team whether that's with other organizations other businesses um, they feel that they, they feel huge pressure on their shoulders to get everything right and to do to make the right choices all the time so if you feel that like you're struggling just to be able to Be open about that. As soon as we're open about that and we're being authentic, it just—it can be a huge sense of relief. Particularly if you're surrounding yourself with the right people, who will hear, will have a sense of empathy for you, will look to support you rather than judge you. And that's when, you know, earlier when I was introducing what I do, talking about psychological safety. If you're in an environment where it's okay to say, "Actually, I'm struggling," regardless of who you are in an organisation. And you can say that to the right person, then you immediately open up, you know, in terms of your limiting beliefs and just thinking this is how it is or this is I'm feeling stuck. Other people can help you look at what the evidence is. They can help you reframe your what your sense of reality is. They can um, start to just remind you about some of the stuff that you probably know you've just forgotten, Um, you know, just being able to. surround yourself with people who can just remind you about stuff like emotional overwhelm. I talk a lot about sort of the neuroscience in terms of emotional arousal and so on. And and actually, for me, when I talk with business leaders, I'm just normalising a lot of what they're experiencing. Because, again, there's that sense of shame or um, embarrassment. that I don't feel I can cope. I'm not resilient enough. And it's like actually your brain's responding in entirely the right way to what's going on right now. You have a choice of what you do with that. And it comes then to the sense of you haven't got to be, you're not determined. You know, what happens is not shaped entirely by your beliefs. You have to listen to what that internal narrative is saying and then choose whether you want to listen to it or not. And that's easier when you're talking to other people who can help you do that reframing or look at the evidence going on for you.
1: And Dave, want to. One of the words, obviously from the Oxford Dictionary, that's come to the fore is the word resilience, isn't it? In terms of particularly from from the pandemic, and Lisa talked about uh, when she was introducing herself about the pace of change. So, do you think it's the pace of change as a result of the pandemic that's impacted on people having to be more resilient, and perhaps it's been identified in the past? You know, and, and give us perhaps some examples from your conversations that you've been having about such change.
2: Yeah, well, it's it undeniable, isn't it, that the pandemic took us ahead very quickly and changed how we all how we operate um so yeah i no, i think that pace of change mike it absolutely has um been accelerated coming out of the pandemic and it you know from a point of view of resilience i don't I, people i speak to i'm not sh- i think they've been a lot more resilient than they think they have been I think that they've actually demonstrated that more and more because when we were in the pandemic, we we shifted to online so quickly. We shifted to being at home with our families actually really quickly and all learned to cope and manage. Um, and coming out of it, have also almost just taken it in our stride. There's this air of we've just walked through this, you know, once in a lifetime challenge. I, I, it's hard to evidence. I really think it's very hard to evidence and you can only do it with hindsight. And I don't think people tend to look back enough and actually just give themselves a little pat on the back once on how far they've come, how resilient they've been in the face of many adversities. I mean, yeah, we're taking the cost of living, we're taking the churn of jobs. You all know, Ben, I mean, jobs are churning over like mad at the moment. And people are wonderful. I mean, what, what, what a wonderful gift to have innately in every single one of us. I just feel that that is an absolute... Like, couldn't be any better, and we need it. That's why it's there. (laughs) Do
1: you think it's part of the entrepreneur in business owners whereby? They don't accept when they've got to a certain point, they've just got to go again, got to go again. Mm, definitely. Yeah,
2: I think absolutely. I think they're not, we're not so good. Not that I'm putting myself in the bracket as an entrepreneur, but I don't think typically they're as good as noticing their own warning signs. I think to the point of what Lisa was saying that, you know, the dials and a dashboard in a car, when we start to run out of fuel or we're revving too high or oil light comes on engine, Matt, you know, we kind of have these um, signals in life, don't we? And, and I think Very driven people um, tend not to take attention to them up until it stops them in their tracks and up until they hit their point of no return. Um, You know, a failed engine can't,
0: you know. I think also is that people um, comparing themselves to Mm. other people a lot. So, um, you know, when I was going back a number of years and I was um, trying to work out what it was I was doing, (laughs) because I was seeing a lot of stuff and going off in all different directions. Um, and it's that sense of I was, I'd constantly be looking out at what other people are doing and assuming that they're doing better um, for whatever reason or whatever measures. And it's almost like it's just me sitting here doing my thing, but I'm never, I'm not kind of a serious business. owner. I remember having this conversation with Dave going, it's just me doing my thing. Um, but actually, I think, you know, it's, it's looking at what's important to you. And I think that's also contributed to the pace of change in terms of people tuning in much more to what their values are about. And, um, you know, thinking does my, how I'm working, how I'm thinking about life, trying to, whether it's comparing myself to other people or trying to do the right thing by my team or whatever it is, am I still living the life that actually I want to live? Am I still showing up in the way that I want to show up? Or do I realise that I'm almost cutting myself off from people put my head down because I've got so much work to do? Or I'm being snappy because I just feel overwhelmed or, you know, just going back and checking in. I think that's also contribute to the pace of change because people are realizing that maybe they've got into ways of living that don't feel right anymore and it's not and that's then challenges your sense of resilience because if you're not if you're not living day to day what in a way that feels authentic and meets your values and gives you a sense of meaning and purpose and is kind of aligned to just how you want to be on a day-to-day basis it's going to feel uncomfortable and that really challenges our resilience and um, thank you for your
3: thoughts so far. We'll continue the conversation after this. Welcome back to the Business Approach with Better Mike on Get Radio. Um, today I'm really, really delighted to be joined by two experts um, all around the topic of resilience, which as I've said a couple of times now is is, is a topic that really, really does impact us all. And um, David, just want to bring the conversation across to you and really focus on on the people around us. so so what what can we do to help um our, our business friends, our colleagues, our uh, our, our staff, the, the people that are working in 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 our business to almost put that arm around them and 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 help them when when they are struggling?
2: it's creating a safe place, isn't it? I mean, it's a bit cliche, but it, it's showing them that if they do open up to want to talk to you, if you're a, a business leader or colleague, that they're, they're not going to fall foul of being judged or, um, or or any sort of derogatory type of you know comments or behaviours from somebody else. And exactly as Lisa said earlier, it, it's all about that, that they can have the confidence within themselves, the courage, should I say, to talk about something that is really troubling them. You know, and I think leaders are getting better, I have to say. I I think we need to give credit where it's due. I I see more and more that CEOs, big business leaders, certainly some that I know are turning much more inward-facing to their team with the the idea that the CEO works for the team, not the other way around, and it's their role to to foster that culture, to make it as strong and as safe as it can possibly be from all angles. And that's encouraging, and I think you know, when mental health is at the top of the agenda, um, a lot, that is extremely encouraging. Um, And I think, you know, you should always be brave enough, have enough courage to to tackle these things because, you know, unfortunately, in my experience, these things don't kind of go away on their own. They need support. They need help from professionals like Lisa else. They, they need that. And that's a good thing. I can't see how that's not a good thing, you know?
0: I would also can I of... So I was going to add to, add to that in terms of um, a really simple question: to ask um, companies is why they do what they do. So I was um, having a conversation with some people recently who were talking about the way their industry operates. And I was like, well, why do, why do you do that like that? You know, why does that function like that? Which well, just that's how it's always been. That's kind of that's traditional. But like, is well, it still fit for purpose? Is is the way? Your processes work, or the way you connect with each other. You know, go back to the basics. Go back to the drawing board. Is what you're doing on a day to day basis still fit for purpose? Does it still serve you well in terms of your sense of well being, in terms of performance, in terms of just feeling good about yourself? And actually, a lot of times people go, "Well, I don't know. We just inherited this practice." Well, review it. You know, don't take stuff for granted. I think we just make we just take stuff because that's what's always happened, rather than saying actually i'm going to look at every aspect of my day or every aspect of my team i think is this is that still the best way of doing it and don't make that decision on your own as a business owner make it with your team so sit down and say this is how we do this does it work the classic ones team agendas you know the number of um leaders i've been talking to say this is how we run our team meetings it's like well does that feel enjoyable for people does it feel a useful use of time and you ask the teams, they're like, no, they're dull. You know, we know what to, we could do half of stuff by email. So in that case, you change your format of those meetings. But you can get that's you can get some really valuable data just by asking your team, is what we're doing really helping us be who we want to be and feel how we want to be and achieve what we want? Um-
1: Lisa, I want to expand on something you said earlier about unpicking the language that's used is is one of the the things that you do within your role, because I think we just talked about leaders and leaders identifying that a member of the team needs support. And quite often we need to look inwards, don't we, ourselves and say, okay, well, my resilience tank is actually low, but I might not be using the word resilience. So what sort of language do people tend to use that, you know, when you've been unpicking it in the past that we need to look out for?
0: Sometimes it's body language sometimes, um, and if it's verbal, it might be anything about the just struggling with something, just feeling a bit tired, um, just not sure. I think for, for people, it's more around seeing, if you see something or hear something different to what you normally experience with that person. So if we'll all use different language, and it's just tuning into and being open to what might they mean by that. So if I'm someone who's always talk about the fact i'm tired because maybe i've got a newborn or whatever then actually i'm always tired but if i'm someone who's normally quite energetic and quite positive and then i'm talking about the fact that i'm just feeling tired or um you know i've just seemed a bit flatter then that's something i would start unpicking a little bit and and um and checking that out and i think we have to be really mindful of nominalizations you know people say oh, i want to be happy or um, you know, I'm feeling stressed. What do you actually mean by that? You know what what does that what does that look like for you? What does that feel like for you? So to unpick those terms, because again, we all use those terms to mean slightly different things. We talk about stress. Stress for me will feel different to stress for you guys. So it's being really clear about that. And I think the other thing I'd um, say is about being really cautious about pattern matching. So when someone else says I'm stressed, it's very easy for us to go. Oh yeah i'm stressed too and and assuming then i know what it feels like for you rather than okay i hear you're stressed let me join you where you're standing and and kind of experience what does that look like for you so rather than assuming we know because we're adding our own meaning to our own experience so so kind of checking that out a little bit Re-
3: really good advice um, w- I think one of the traits um, of an entrepreneur is that they will push themselves too hard at times, and they will take on that ambitious target or, or goal as we were talking about earlier, and and figure out how to do it afterwards. What what would be kind of your advice if if an entrepreneur is pushing themselves too hard, but they enjoy pushing themselves too hard, they enjoy working very long hours, they enjoy feeling up against it, they enjoy that challenge. What what are some of the techniques that they can can apply? in that scenario
0: so i meet quite a few people like that who are like oh i just love this and i thrive on stress and i just love that sense of um kind of being on it all the time and that's that's great and I ex- kind of uh explain that that's really positive right now but actually is that sustainable over a period of time i talk a lot about what goes on in the brain um i will draw very very bad pictures of what's going on with the brain and um and I talk about emotional arousal and so on and um, if you can, if you're depending on where someone's operating, if they're in a place where they're feeling stretched and they're feeling motivated and so, and so on. So that's that's really positive. If it tips over into stress, which is different stretch, and it tips over into something that just starts to feel um, is slightly uncomfortable. I'm pushing myself a little bit too hard. So maybe people are feeding back to me that is I'm pushing myself too hard. You know, there's got to be something that will have signaled I'm pushing myself too hard for you to know about it so it's it's what is the what what's that signal what someone said or what someone observed to me that shows that i am pushing myself too hard and unpick that little bit and also just when i explain um a bit about emotional arousal in the brain actually we can only maintain high emotional arousal for a certain amount of time so by taking breaks doesn't mean you're stepping back and being lazy it just means you're looking after your brain I was talking to someone recently who said, I feel guilty if I read a book, I should be doing something more productive. And it's like, I was drawing all these levels of emotional arousal and saying, actually, if you just keep pushing, your performance drops. Whereas if you can push yourself and be in your best place, and then you take a break, which is going for a walk or listening to some music or a podcast or whatever it might be, just have that break. It just lets everything kind of calm down a little bit, and then you can go at it again. And then you can be really productive to k- accompany your sense of excitement and, and enthusiasm it's no good just blindly being super excited and determined and motivated but actually not performing particularly well because your brain hasn't got the and um, the tolerance
2: hmm. do you know what came up for me as i was thinking about it was you know instantly was then to me that feels like somebody who might be sacrificing something in their other part of their life and or hiding from something in the other part of their life where um that throwing themselves so fully into work is to maybe get away from something else that's going on. Now, now I come from a, a place of absolute, um, balance, blend, whatever you want to call it. But I think if you throw yourself that far into work, there will be sacrifices in the other side of life because, you know, where do we put time and attention into tends to grow. And if that's all you're putting into your work, then the other things tend not to grow. Um, And I think, you know, I can understand why people get into that habit and then find it hard to get out of that habit. But I think, as Lisa said, the long term effect seems quite frightening to me because, you know, the number in your bank account is not what's going to be the thing you think about when you're taking those last breaths in this little journey called life. You know, it's going to be all the experience, the family, the, the love, the relationships, all that sort of stuff. That's how I see life. So I'm very aware for myself to really balance that and balance it well that i never almost never feel guilty either way whether i'm with the family or if i'm at work um and quite often trying to do both at the same time right like a lot of people right now you know i think i
0: think think what you've just said they really sums up um and i completely agree with with everything you've just said because for me there's It's about balancing your emotional needs. And I use an emotional needs audit with people, which is around sense of connection and status and control and so on. And my worry is also about if people are putting everything into one thing, whether it's their job or whatever it is, if that thing goes, they have nothing left. And then then that's when there's a real worry for, in terms of someone's resilience, because they haven't got anything else in in their network, in their environment to support them. So it's about making sure that we have, uh, you know, we have, we're, we're connected. We need a sense of belonging in our work, but also outside of work. We need a sense of status in terms of feeling good about who we are in work and out of work. And it's about making sure we've got that balance and we're not putting all our eggs into one basket because for me, that really rings alarm bells like you, Dave. Yeah. yeah
1: it resonate with that. I, I, I spend a lot of time working with my clients to work out what they mean by work-life balance. Mm. So many people say work-life balance. And I said, okay, well, if I was to give you every weekend and every evening, What would you do with it? And they can't describe that because they love their business, love their business so much that they're quite willing to do things in the evening, weekends, et cetera. But we're coming towards the end of our show. And as you probably know from our very first episode of our podcast that's now launched, um, we love a top tip on this show. And so we're going to come to each of you. So what would be your top tips around or top tips around uh, resilience so that we can add that to our that data bank and perhaps write a book on it one day. But Lisa, what would you say is your top tip for someone around resilience?
0: I would say anticipate uncertainty and change and that challenges are inevitable and failure is inevitable. So if you expect your road ahead to have some bumps on it. And some of those you might be able to anticipate and work around. Some of them will come out of the blue. um, You'll have no idea that they're coming. But if you know that there's going to be a sense of it's not going to go according to plan, my plan, I might have to throw out the window or I might have to go and seek advice from other people. If you anticipate that, that takes the pressure off and it normalizes those challenges and our emotional responses and gives us the strength, I think, to carry on going.
3: Really good tip um and dave what's your what's your
2: top tip to end the show i think the top tip on resilience is to trust and know deeply know you have it and you have it in bucketfuls and you can just rely on it that it will show up when you need it it is there for all of us and i hope people don't have to access it right not too deeply because that means they're dealing with stuff but to Lisa's point life is going to ch- it it, it it's a a tough game isn't it it's a uh, contact sport is the word i'm looking for this game of business i think we can handle it it's there but knowing when enough is enough and to reach out
3: amazing great advice um but that is the end of the show. Um, so thank you so much, um, to our two guests. Thank you so much to both of you for for joining us on the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio today. It's been such an insightful show with such practical advice. Um, for for anyone listening, um, I think there's certainly a, a notebook of takeaways. And um, if you are just tuning in, uh, we've had Lisa Lloyd of It's Time for Change and Dave Greenaway of Life in Business. Um thank you so much to you both for your time and contribution to our discussion.
1: You've been listening to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike here on Get Radio. We're back next Sunday with even more brand new guests. And also in case you've missed it, this show is now available on a podcast format. So as a reminder, you can catch us as you have today on the radio at 11 o'clock each Sunday, or it'll be in podcast format on all your favorite podcast platforms every Monday. And then don't forget, you can look out for the video format if you like watching um, via the Get Radio Facebook page every Tuesday. But for now, enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we'll see you next week
0: thank you for joining me on the beyond the water cooler podcast what's the one thing you will take away from this conversation to think about or do differently i'd love you to join the club to stay in the loop and be the first to hear about exciting things i'm developing including free downloadable resources the link to sign up is in the show notes i hope this episode has got you thinking about how you can make a real difference to the people you work with and how well you and those around you are engaging and thriving. Let's continue the conversation about the points raised in this episode. Or perhaps you have other questions about employee experience and performance. Email me at its time for change, connect with me on LinkedIn, or why not pick up the phone? I love to walk and talk. My details are in the notes. Before next time, please give me a thumbs up on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and for an extra brownie point, leave me a short review. Let's spread the messages far and wide. Bye for now.